Hi friends, welcome to Womankind. This is your host, Kelsey Novitz, and I'm here in a very special 50th episode. This episode has a lot of special things in it. First of all, it is a tribute to friendship, female friendship specifically. If you've been a long-time listener, you know that a lot of the times my guests answer the question, what is your favorite part of being a woman, with the answer that their female friendships are their favorite parts of being a woman. So I really wanted to dig into that a little bit deeper um, and talk to a few different groups about that. So you'll hear from three different groups. You'll actually hear from my high school friend group. You'll hear from my guest a few episodes ago, Amy Lippman, and her group of friends that all suffered from the same type of cancer and who connected over that. And then you'll hear returning guest Kate Connolly and I talk about what being friends with members of the opposite sex are like. Other than that, I have a really, really special intro here. I now have a theme song, and my theme song was composed and recorded by... Hop Hop, a former guest of Womankind. Um, So thank you, Jazz, so much for doing that. And we'll start with that right now. So I have always had girlfriends throughout my entire life. When I was in elementary school and middle school, sleepovers with my girlfriends was one of the favorite things that I had to do. And that never changed as I got older. So I think a really appropriate way for me to start this episode is by putting in the interview with my friends that I've had for mostly, most of them I've known for more than half of my life. Um, many of my friends in this group we met in high school, some members of the group have known each other for their whole lives, um, others have known each other since middle school or elementary school, um, but this is, you know, a group of girls, they mean the world to me, and it's been really special to have this time to sit down and reminisce with them, um, about the origins of our friendship and some other things, so, um, enjoy this interview with them. (laughs) Okay, here we are in my friend episode of Womankind, which is a celebration of friendship. (laughs) And I'm here with my own group of friends. So we are first going to introduce ourselves. So everyone just like say your name. And then after that, um, we can explain a little bit about who we are and how we know each other. So you guys know me. Um, I'm the host of Womankind, Kelsey Novitz. <laughs> My I'm, name is Megan. Oh, Beth, I'm sorry about that deeply. Please continue. <laughs> go, go ahead. <laughs> I'm Beth. I'm Maria. We don't know how circles work here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Gretchen. Sorry. Yay. Beth and I are on the same level of nerves here, folks. <laughs> um, all right, so we're doing great over here. Um, so, <laughs> would anyone. <laughs> so, I'll start like explaining a little bit about our group and then feel free to chime in anyone um it's a little awkward because some of us are like passing a mic so just bear with us um so we are in total a group of 11 women is that correct that's right yeah okay 11 which is a lot um and most of us know each other from high school we went to high school together and then um we've had some additions that we've picked up along the road 
that have brought us to that number. Um, how am I doing, guys? Great. You're doing great. Anything else? Some of us have known each other since elementary school. Okay, that's some... And even pre-K. I was going to say, and we mm-hmm. have known each other longer. Birth. Birth-ish. A couple of us have known each other since birth. And I think it's worth noting, too, that our group was, like, different groups that kind of all came together after college. Hard merge. Hard merge. (laughs) (laughs) But these are all at least 10-year friendships. Right. Nothing's brand new. Nothing is new. Yeah. Right. Most of us have known each other for, like, either our whole lives, but definitely all more than half of our lives, which is kind of insane. Um, Okay, so let's describe... For the people, give them what they want. Um, so, what is a typical night or a typical, you know, situation where we're all together? What is that like? Go ahead, Megan. Is this one gonna fall on me? <laughs> well, I would say, I mean, a lot of it is hanging out in sweatpants on someone's comfy couch, mm-hmm. maybe sipping a little decaf tea like I'm currently doing, <laughs> or some wine. Um, I mean, back in the day, it used to be maybe we would go out, but now I think things have evolved a little bit. <laughs> Maria, what do you think, honey? Honey, there, this is a complex question. So we do not book clubs because no one likes to read in this group <laughs> except for about four people. Um, kids are now involved, so we get to hang out with the babies or the toddlers. Um, but then we try to keep it... Then we try to go out. We try to go out for dinners or um, brunches or not be around men or significant (laughs) others. So that's always great. We got a little more sophisticated in our old age. Sure. You know, watching the kettle boil now instead of pouring a glass of wine, Mm -hmm. you know, ever evolving. So Maria kind of described like a ritual that we have and that's our... Instead of having a book club, we have not a book club um, <laughs> because we know that, you know, a lot of times women have book clubs and then people don't read the book and it's really just an excuse for people to get together. So we kind of cut we out the... We tried it and it didn't work. <laughs> we tried it and it didn't work. Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. I've been in many, many a failed book club. Um, but yeah, we kind of just like cut out the middleman and just called it what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's really just an excuse to get together once mm-hmm. a month. Right. Right. Which I think is really important. Okay. Anything else that you can think of that's like a ritual for us or things that we've done like over the years or things that limos. have changed? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maria, tell us a little bit more about the limos. Yeah, in a limo bus situation. yeah, I think when we get in a limo is when we're really at our bre- our best. I almost said breast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like wild animals just let loose, but yeah, yeah we're in a contained area. That's that's facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's been for like bachelorette party, mostly for bachelorette parties, right? Like we've been yeah. doing strong on one year, right? For, yeah, steady, yeah. steady stream, steady stream. Give Study here. Stay stay stream once a year. <laughs> <laughs> get a little closer. I'm going to need to get another mic. This is <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah, so I would say, yeah, like overall over the years, like our, you know, no, we've always been the kind of people who liked like sitting around and like talking as like mm-hmm. the main event, right? We're a little I, more cerebral. <laughs> yeah, we kind of like it to just, just be us. Right. Yeah. Whether we're in a limo or on a couch. Mm-hmm. That's true. We can talk about just about anything. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and so I would say, like, I guess it's toned down. Well, t- aside from the bachelorette parties where we're in a limo, it's kind of, like, toned down a bit over the years. Like, we're now we don't really, like, you know, go out to, like, the club on the weekend. <laughs> I'm definitely going to edit that <laughs> But you know what I mean? It's, like, it just, like, looks a little bit different mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So do you guys want to explain, like, specifically, like, we, I, we have – Five of us here. Um, so do you want to explain, like, specifically how you kind of came to this group of friends? Sure. Kind of, like, part of an introduction. Okay, Maggie, you go first. Okay. Megan keeps going first. Clear path here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gretchen I would start with because I've known her since close to birth, um, just through family friends. Um, and our other friend, Nikki, we've known each other since we were very young. And then... With the rest of the group, it's kind of a mixed bag. Like, Beth and myself and Sarah all played soccer together, and Marissa. Am I forgetting anybody there? Um, and then the rest, you know, we all met in high school, and then it evolved, our friendship from there, and then after college, we all became super close. So I think that covers my mushtick. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well Thank done. you. <laughs> yeah, um, for me, Megan, it was definitely the linchpin um, after our... <laughs> She said we're cerebral. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, yeah, just from knowing Megan and, and Sarah and Jen and hanging out with everybody, with and then I moved in with Megan, and then y'all guys are at my place all the time, and um, yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, we all just became friends because of proximity, and not in a bad way, but like, you know, we live together, you become friends with everybody you see regularly, so mm-hmm. it's a nice little blending experience. With most people in the group, I mean, we met in high school, and then just through, like, being around each other. Like, I've met Gretchen when she start, started hanging I out with us. Yeah. Home. And don't forget, your dad was my... And my dad was Gretchen's seventh seventh grade? Seventh grade technology, um, technology teacher. So like, that's... But we wouldn't have met because of that. That I knew it would be. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say about me? <laughs> so, like, Beth and I were very close in high school. Marie and I got close a little bit after high school. Not that we didn't... Like, Megan and Maria, I knew you guys in high school, but we weren't, like, in the same group, I guess. Yeah, Even though we... we weren't in honors. <laughs> wow. Cheers to that, sugar. <laughs> and there we really just <laughs> stumbled into a territory I'm not comfortable with. <laughs> I mean, but somehow Megan and I still had nicknames for each other. Yeah. I don't know, really. You know what? Let I can't really remember high school, so I, here we are. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, my, like, connection to the group is high school. And it started at work-study the summer before. Uh-huh. That's when we bonded, Kelsey. It is. It is. <laughs> um, that was bad. Maria and I go back to elementary school and Sarah too. Sarah and I go back from when we were five years old in kindergarten. Um, and then like how Megan described the soccer girls and we all infiltrated together. <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> and um, I just think, I, I think the group came together more um, in college, after college, because I think we just all made a good effort to stay in touch mm-hmm. and visit each other. Like I, I remember all of the trips you guys made to Boston to visit me, mm-hmm. like, all of you in this mm-hmm. group came, and I think that effort is really why we're, like, all mm-hmm. super close now. Yeah. Still. And I do think part of it was 
like, because I've lived in Buffalo the whole time and a lot of people haven't. And so, you know, like, I really at different points, like, lived for the time when everyone was coming home from college because it was, like, just, like, everyone was here and it was the best. And then at a certain point, everyone just kind of came back and it was like that all the time. It's like a free-for-all. Yeah. And then so we lived together and things got mm-hmm. real weird. Yeah, and then I lived on the next block away yeah, from right. Oh, say, <laughs> sorry. You lived right next door to us, literally. <laughs> and I would even say those trips visiting out-of-town people made the bond that much stronger, too, because you were doing something different in a different environment, making memories that were going to last because mm-hmm. they weren't day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I just, I haven't read the article yet, but I found an article today about, like, adult women and how, like, adult women don't have sleepovers anymore, and you kind of, like lose some of that closeness but I think that we where the bachelorettes come in though the bachelorettes come in there and we always do a weekend together and then we always said after that we would like keep it up and do Mm -hmm. once a year we'd go away for a weekend because it makes a difference Mm -hmm. like you have so much fun on Mm -hmm. those weekends when you're waking up and telling stories from the night before doing whatever you're doing (laughs) well that's exactly what I was gonna say I don't think we ever like lost that like I I can always remember the last time that we all like spent the night together at a sleepover and we're in our 30s now. <laughs> I think this generation's a little different, though. Like, I think when our parent, when our moms got married, it was kind of like, you get married, and then you don't spend a night away from your husband kind of a thing. And I think our generation is like, please, God, get me out of here. <laughs> I need a girl's night. Right. <sighs> well, and so... The book that I read that's kind of like a backdrop for this episode, it was called Text Me When You Get Home by Kayleen Schaefer. Um, And it was about female friendships when women like leave each other for the night and they say like, text me when you get home to like make sure that you get home and also Mm -hmm. to like keep the conversation going. Um, In that book, she talks about like her mom's experience, which would be like the generation that Maria is talking about. Like, and there was just, I think, and not everybody, obviously, but a lot of women, the attitude was like, friends are a luxury and family is like definite. So after you get married, after you have kids, you kind of like turn inward and there's just like no time for friends. And I think that we have just had a different experience growing up where we don't have that attitude yeah, at this point. Sure, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, is this a luxury? No, I, I think feel like this is a necessity. necessity. And I think our, our group of friends is our family. That too, with the experiences we've had for so many years. Yeah, it's not a luxury. It's not when I have time. It's like, we need time. We're making time. We have time. It's happening. Mm -hmm. We make a legitimate effort every single month, and whether people can attend or not, it's a standing date that happens, and, you know, that's an effort that is important. And even, like, now we're here, There, I mean, there were six of us out of 11, and, like, even if, like, two people can do it, then we do it. Right, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not. That's maybe an exaggeration. <laughs> maybe not too. But no, like, you know what though? Even if it was just two people, then we'd go to dinner or we'd do something. We'd get coffee. Right. We'd grab a drink. We would do something because we don't like to let those opportunities pass by. If anybody is free, we're going to get together given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to my next. Maria, you never like Maria introduced never yourself, went. but okay. it, is that uh-huh. did Beth do it for you? Okay. Um, so this kind of leads me into another question that I have here is like, so these relationships, like these female relationships, how do they differ from other relationships in your life? Like significant others, family, like, do they function on a different level or is there like a common thread? I'm going to start. That was a stumper. As I should. This is a stumper. (laughs) So I, I've had this for a long time and I'm not like current relationships, but more past when I went away to college, because I went away to college, um, 
I remember coming home after break, my Thanksgiving break freshman year, and I remember just turning into a different person, which was my true self. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, for three and a half months of being away from college, I was a totally different person than who I really am. And I never... And then I think I made a conscious effort to not pretend to be somebody else. You know, just you want people to like you and be cool. And I played a college sport and and you just want the upperclassmen to like you and things like that. But I um, I remember thinking, wow, I'm, I'm totally myself around these group of individuals, around these friends from high school and middle school, because they just know more of your past and they know more of who you are and where you came from. And college is so much about drinking and going out. Um, where I think the deep-rooted connection of friendships that you make when you're younger, there's more there. Not saying that you can't get that in college, because I have some really close friends from college, but I just remember thinking that when I first came home, and it always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. Okay, who's next? <laughs> I don't kind of snuck on this one. I mean, the answer well, might be that there. Answers the question, but I always so one of my I have a few really really close girlfriends from college that um, you know we're still best friends and talk all the time, and one of them, um, Alyssa. <laughs> Shout, out Shout out to Alyssa. Shout Shout out. Out. Um, I haven't asked her yet, but future guests of the podcast. <laughs> Of dirty she this just and like, also just because her very <laughs> much resonated with me but she said to me once um you know you guys have such a special high school group and I think it really has to do with going to a Catholic school and you know I don't know if this is why we're all close or what but she said like you I just don't have that from high school and I don't think a lot of like the big public schools have that necessarily um and she's like it just makes me want to like send my kids to catholic school seeing how your group of friends is all so close and it's like really a special bond so that always stuck with me for like someone who's so close to me and now she's like friends with everyone in our Mm -hmm. group um to observe that about us Mm -hmm. like looking in on us it was just a different perspective (laughs) And I'm not saying, you know, you have to go to Catholic school to have a friendship <laughs> that we have, but I think, you know, ours was obviously a small family-like school, so it definitely made a difference, and it's probably why we're all so close. I mean, I also think a big part of it is being in an all-girl situation, too, like in that yeah. environment in an all-girl school where, I mean, I think I've talked about this in episodes with Maria and with Sarah earlier, like that you could kind of have, like Maria was talking about that, like being yourself aspect, that maybe you could do that a little bit more in that situation Mm -hmm. where, you know, in those teenage years that are like so embarrassing and like terrible sometimes, like around the opposite sex, like, you know, people were screaming down the hall if people had tampons. Like it was just like a different Mm -hmm. situation. Yeah, we pre-wrap in our hair every day and we all connect each other's people. That's very true. You know what I just thought of? More than half of our group doesn't have, only has brothers as siblings. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, yeah, yeah, I've thought about this before. For, oh, maybe for me, that who has doesn't something. have a sister, I like, this, so these are my yeah. sisters. Mm-hmm. And it's a total, so, like, yeah, I connect to my brothers on a totally different level. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
you know, I think the girls that do have sisters, it's great because they get to see both sides of it. But, you know, most of us have just have brothers. I've never thought about that before. Yeah. That Maybe that has a little bit part of I why we're so close. Me, Jen, Liz, Marissa, That's Nikki it. have sisters. Mm-hmm. So half the group. But, but yeah, a lot of us don't have sisters. Yes, we do. Uh, <laughs> but that does make it all the more important to spend time with your girlfriends and do girly things that maybe you don't do otherwise you wouldn't get to do if you don't have a sister. You don't mm-hmm. get to sit and paint each other's toenails. I mean, be so cliche, but, <laughs> be so cliche, but like, you don't get to do that. So mm-hmm. you need your friends to be able to have fun and do silly things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. true. I mean, do we have anything to say about, like, the dynamics of being in such, like, a large group? Um, like, I guess my my approach with this question was, like, was what is it like to have been friends for so long? Like, because it's different. Like, if we all, like, met each other, like, two years ago, I don't think we would be, or we definitely no. wouldn't be as close as we are now. So, like, what is the experience like being friends for, like, more than half our lives or our whole lives or even, like... What's different about that? Especially you and Sarah. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, our group's so, like, within our big group, we have, like, five smaller groups that all overlap. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like a big Venn diagram Mm -hmm. with a bunch of little circles. So we all have our own, like, individual friendships with everybody. We all have group friendships with everybody. And they kind of all work in tandem together because it's not like any two people are best friends and nobody else is involved in that friendship. And we have a very... um, I don't know what the right word is, but encompassing friendship that build on each other's friendships mm-hmm. with each other. Right. Yeah. It's all very incestuous. I, it is all very <laughs> And I, I was thinking but that. I also think that's what makes it that's such a good friendship, word. too. It's, mm-hmm. We have these layers. We have these different areas of support where maybe, you know, for whatever reason, you have an issue that you wouldn't think, like, maybe even your best friend could necessarily understand. But somebody in your group's probably going to be able to. And that mm-hmm. also helps with your bonding and your relationships with each other and keeping it a strong, functional group. That was well said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think with, like, girl friendships, too, you get people... Girls are tricky because we cannot be... Sometimes we're not the nicest humans on the earth and we can be selfish and clicky. And that's not this group whatsoever. Because if somebody like that was in yeah. this group, they wouldn't have question. made it. That's a good point. You know, there, <laughs> there, there are some girls that just want a best friend, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe at one point in our life, you kind of, you know, you just had your best friend. But it, when we were younger, but it's like this group of individuals loves being around other people. Yeah, open mm-hmm. to that's everyone. That's just like what we love mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. So that, um, in like the other interview that I did related to this, um, again, I talked about that book that I read as a backdrop for this episode because she did, or she talked about a study that was done on, because there's a perception that girls are like catty and, um, but there was a study done that showed that like men and women are equally mean, but the assumptions about women are like, through the roof in terms of that. But, like, there isn't one group that's worse than the other in terms of that. Um, And so do you guys think that our group is proof of that? Or are we kind of, like, part of the stereotype in any way? I blacked out. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like our women caddy, I guess, is the bottom line. Like I think if we were really catty, kind of like Maria said, it wouldn't last very long. Not to I say mean, we're not angels. Right. Not to say nobody right. says anything we should have once in a while. Yeah. Of course, that's going mm-hmm. to happen. But I don't think that's our platform. That's not what we try to do. That's not our mm-hmm. role. And if, usually if somebody does say something that's maybe like, you know, really pushes a button, somebody usually will kind of check that person and be like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. they're not here to defend themselves. Let's move on. Like, I was just we don't say, let I it get think, out of control. I think people also do a good job of being honest with each other. Like, hey, Maria, you just hurt my feelings. Like... I'm a little sad over here, or I want to punch you. Mm-hmm. Like, something is going on, and I need to address it with you. And I think mm-hmm. we all do a good job of clearing the air right. pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think everybody, mm-hmm. men, women, whatever, you're guilty of having some mm-hmm. sort of cattiness in you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just how you deal with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody's an angel. <laughs> well, and I think part of it is, like, being friends for so long, we have, like, a th- like a problem-solving skill that we've learned sure. from, like, these relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've probably outgrown a lot of immaturities. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel like some of the prime times for like that kind of drama, like we were all like in different places. Like we were all at like yeah, college, we're in college and right? yeah, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I had a better way to phrase that question, but I kind of forgot it because it's not on the list. Okay, so this is a hard one, and I don't have an answer for it. Um, Love that. A favorite memory of our time together. The limos. <laughs> Every limo. Every, Every limo. limo. I rank them all the same. <sighs> oh, I, my, I, my memories are of you guys. I mean, we're all here together now. We're stuck with each other. But I loved, <laughs> like I said, when I lived in Boston. Um, Those were fun. All the memories of you guys coming to visit. Because mm-hmm. it would be like different groups of people mm-hmm. at a time. Mm-hmm. And it was just such fun, quality time together. So those memories stand out. Yeah, I can't, like, narrow down one. <laughs> like, All of our weddings are memorable. All of our trips. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are fun. Yeah, we have a concert coming up, I think, that's going Oh, to yeah, really, tell, tell them know, about that. We're a real stake in our, our friendship for life here, because you don't get to see Miss Celine Dion. That... <laughs> Yeah, and forget about it. Coming for someone who didn't almost go. <laughs> I'm not made of money. <laughs> but, but the price tag is worth the bonding experience with my friends. Thank you. Of the boys coming out of the first. Gretchen is all in. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think that this was really, like, meant to be, because only, what, like, three months ago, Maria was like, we're all going to Vegas, and and Vegas was not really in the cards for this group at this time, Um, and so I think Celine heard you, Maria. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite memories is when we won a trip. (laughs) Oh my god! And we at the time we were all in a couple cocktails, a couple couple cocktails in. We were all in, and then we couldn't get our shit together, (laughs) and we didn't go. Nobody took chalk it up to whatever you want. It was a mistrip. It was. (laughs) He was like, "You guys can't pick a week." No, but I was probably you were in. Yeah, we tested. People weren't there. Yeah. Um. Any other favorite memories? There's so many. Yeah, they're really I, I almost feel like just like sitting on a couch, like yeah. five bottles of wine in, 
just even none. I really reminiscing. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying? no one has even drinking. Not one <laughs> bottle of wine has been so opened. Well, also like half of all, like almost half the group is pregnant. Also, <laughs> 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 recovering from surgery. <laughs> um. I know what else is really fun, real quick. Tell is us. when we in when we invite like a new significant other into the group. That is oh, fun. Amazing. You're right. Unless yeah. it's yours. That, that is not fun. Okay, that's true. These are the well, girls. That's how you kind of know if it sinks or swims. Mm-hmm. Like, that's true. They don't have to be like act as the looking group. back on it. The group, well, yeah. Maria, we should have Sean come down here because Sean is like completely baffled by us, <laughs> like in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like he just doesn't under like I think he does understand now, but he's like, "How are you? Like, how would this happen?" Yeah, I. Um, I had a fundraiser for work, and I, and it was, it was a beer blast, and you guys all came to the beer blast, remember that? Oh, that was was fun. Yeah, it was at Four Stanley, shout out Donnie, and... (laughs) <laughs> Who is Donnie? The owner. The owner. I hope he is. This podcast he would be listening to. And um, and my alumni for my team are there. And all of a sudden, all these girls walk in that are not alumni of the program. And my one alumni turns to Sean, and we're dating at the time. He goes, "Who are all these girls?" And he goes, "These are all Maria's friends." I've never seen anything like it. I, I don't even know what to do with all these women, but they're everywhere and they're always together. And, and he can't get rid of them. <laughs> and I think that pretty much explains it. Yeah, that's, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're like a force to be reckoned with, I guess, in that regard. We love ourselves tonight. <laughs> we really love ourselves. This isn't too much. I know. I don't think it is. I think okay, we've given... Like okay, t- let's yeah. get, to, let's yeah. get to the question where we all hate each other. <laughs> well, the next one is describe any challenges you have faced either as a group or as a member of this group. I mean, I don't really have a good answer. Like, I think my answer, like logistically like we have a lot of people mm-hmm. and so like sometimes that's like overwhelming sure and i think sometimes getting concert tickets getting concert tickets is hardly known by eight at a time you got 10 friends <laughs> um just like yeah like logistics literally the fact that i haven't seen kelsey in like three months right like, that sucks yeah. it's just hard to line things up all the time like mm-hmm. everybody has lives and commitments and family and friends and that's the only struggle i find is where i'm like mm-hmm wow, how did three months go by and I've barely seen you? Like, right. that sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, but thank God we have these because mm-hmm. you can never get that far removed from somebody. So mm-hmm. it always brings mm-hmm. you kind of back. But yeah, that, mm-hmm. it's a big group. It's hard to keep everybody in rotation. Not in a mean way. <laughs> <laughs> you want to keep everyone in rotation. You know, mm-hmm. you want to make sure you see everybody steadily. Mm-hmm. I think for me too, personally, something um, that was hard for me that took me a little while to get used to was what I brought up earlier, actually was being able to have, like, positive confrontations of, like, mm. hey, you hurt my feelings, and mm-hmm. let's deal with it. That was a struggle for me because I never used – I'm not – I mean, I'm not the greatest at communicating like that. So sure. that was just something that I had to get used to and be okay with and know that it was going to benefit the friendship, to be mm-hmm. honest with each other and, like, apologize about something and get through mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Point. And, I mean, this is a different thing, but, like, I have a – not great short-term memory (laughs) and so I feel like sometimes I can't remember what's going on with everybody (laughs) and as soon as somebody says it I'm like oh yeah but it's like you know it's like like Beth was saying earlier like the effort is the thing Mm -hmm. that like really stands out and why we're we're friends but like 
you know, having a one-on-one connection with every single person, like, all the time, sometimes is hard to maintain. But, like, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. But it's, like, you know. Mm-hmm. We learn how to navigate it. Sorry. I think one thing for me was there was a time where there were so many different avenues of communication between different people. Like there's some people that really like G-chat in this group, mm-hmm. and there's some people <laughs> that are true. big texters in this group, and there's some people that don't text back at all. And so... <laughs> was that Shane? And so... No! I need a little... And I think, like, it would be like, oh, well, these people know this about people, and I'd ha- I haven't... I'm so late to hearing about this. Mm-hmm. And yes. I think at one point yeah. you kind of felt left out mm-hmm. in certain mm-hmm. ways... But now I think we're all over that. But mm-hmm. so that was like kind of tough yeah. to navigate yeah. all the different because we're so big. There's so many different dynamics. Right. Yeah. Right. You're my only phone friend left. Oh, I want you to know. Hey, I love like, that. See? I'm very comfortable calling you yeah. before I text you. And I'm, I and I that. and when you call me, I, I actually like wanna pick up. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the last person that works with. Yeah, she oh, Maria is that. still a phone person. I do. I, you, my mom and that's it. And on the other hand, honey, if you call Gretchen, she's going to hang up on yeah, you. Yeah. Sure you, you, you better call three times and send an SOS or she's not going to You better be bleeding mm-hmm. or on fire for calling <laughs> The text will do just the same. I'm one of the, I'm one of the two. <laughs> no, okay. I agree. I, yeah. Maria, I still You're talk on the phone with Maria once in a while. <laughs> but yeah, I could text all day. Texting. Yeah. Um, if I could sit. At any moment of my day, I would G-chat, too. But that's not in the cards for me. I don't appreciate the dynamics. I'm sorry. That's the dynamics of your job. That was Maria and my struggle for a while. That was our struggle. We've accepted it. We've accepted it. Wow, that really, the challenge part really went well. I wasn't sure how that was going to go. It really went well. We got to bring some, Well, I mean, I think, yeah, that was good. I like that. All right, so we're kind of, like, heading to the end because I want this to be about 30-ish minutes and we're at 32 minutes. Um, So the question that, like, apparently nobody has an answer to, what is your favorite example of female friendship in pop culture? So pop culture extends not just to, like, it could be real people. It can be fake characters on a show or a movie or in a book. Um, It can be whatever you want. It so should not be hard because this is a not effing book club. <laughs> <laughs> so for those that just watch, I mean, TV. it could be a housewife. I was Megan. Say, so oh, no. oh wow, I know, but the housewives are in. Not they all stab food. each other in the back, though. I'm like mm-hmm. the best friends yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. The park like five years later, I'm not is the podcast that some of us listen to, bitch said. Oh, that's bad. well done. Two girls. It's like two women who. Who, about who is it? It's Casey, Casey Wilson, Wilson and Danielle Schneider. Okay. I don't and know who so that is. That was like one of the things that came to mind. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, that's like what I want to do with my friends is just sit around and talk about it. And like so laugh like, and joke. That's relatable. And, that's that's yeah. actually what we're doing right now. It is. Into, right. into microphones. <laughs> yeah, it's what we do every time I hang out. It's just about mm-hmm. different topics. Mm-hmm. And then the other one that came to mind was Broad City. That's, I love that show. That's what I yeah. thought would come to mind for people. Because they're like... They're real. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it, you know, it's not like, it's more um, relatable than like Girls was, I think. Like, mm-hmm. they, the, in the finale, they spent like 10 minutes like looking for a breakfast sandwich around Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Wait, just, don't spoilers, that, 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 that was just like, all, like, some, yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert! No spoilers! Oh. I haven't watched it. No, it was really good. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that came to mind. Mm-hmm. How... Megan, I'm disappointed. 
Kelsey, keep your shades. <laughs> okay, I guess I have some. some. I guess somebody already said. You can say it too. Okay, Monica and Rachel, but yeah. like they're real and Phoebe, they're real life friendship. Jennifer and it's like okay. they're yeah. off screen yeah. friendships, yeah. you know? They're because okay. they're like best friends, so mm-hmm. they're great. Um, Oprah and Oprah and Gail. They go to Hawaii. I just that's my dream. But also, I Wait, feel like are we living like Oprah and Gail? <laughs> 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 but they're great. But we want what we want to be. Um, <laughs> that's the dream. Like for friend, like if I were to look at someone and their friends and I, I compare them to us, um, J Law, what the hell's her name? Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence and her group of friends seem like amazing Who are her people. Friends? I, well, they're nobody. They're okay. no one. They're randoms. They're her actual friends. They're not okay. like celebrity friends. I didn't. Know I know that. I'm not answering this question correctly. And there is like, no correct way. I feel like Amy Schumer and her friends are gonna and be I feel a like real like goddamn. Adele. Yeah. Adele and her friends are in that same group for me because yeah. I like what she does at all times. I knew you'd have something. Aren't those three all friends? Uh, actually, they are. But that's a fascinating Jennifer point. Lawrence. I believe they're all friends. And Amy Schumer. And they're no. Beyonce, so okay. 12 points in our book. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading an article back in the day. I was 16 because I would see Charlie's Angels for my 16th birthday, and I just thought they would be the coolest freaking people in the world. <laughs> but more importantly, I then read an article about Drew Barrymore and Cameron Diaz and them pooping while the other person is, like, painting their nails in the same bathroom because they just yes. like to be together and laugh. And, like, college. <laughs> and that's all I can think of, though. Like, that's such a great, perfect friendship. Yeah, I like it. We're still friends to this day, you know? Mm-hmm. Those are the only people later. I can mm-hmm. poop in front of. I'm not letting the Charlie's Angels. No, I don't, I, mean, I, I don't want anyone to be college friends. No. But I, yeah, but I, I get the sentiment. Would, like, yeah. I was at the territory in college. <laughs> you gotta find the bathroom. I'm gonna draw the line at pooping. <laughs> but anything else, we're pretty willing to do. I don't know. Do we know anyone else? I think those are good, solid answers. All right, so we have come to the end. Um, so, ladies, thank you so much for doing this. I just want to thank say that you, I Kelsey. love you all. We love you. And we love our group. Yay. Yay. These are the times. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Maria is singing our high school song. And on that note, Thanks, signing off. Alexa, how can I make friends? To make friends. Try joining an organization, club, or sports team, since one of the best ways to make friends is to find people with similar interests. Alternatively, you can volunteer somewhere to meet potential friends who are passionate about the same causes as you are. Making friends as an adult can be really hard. You're not in school anymore, you don't have the proximity to people your own age that you had when you were younger, so I'm always interested in stories of how people became friends as adults. A few episodes ago, in talking to Amy Lippman, I learned that she and her group of friends had all become friends via social media because of the hashtag of the particular type of cancer that they each had been diagnosed with. So... In this segment, you'll hear Amy and her friends Mandy Cleary and Raheli Pelletier talk about their friendship and the closeness that they have. So I'm here with some special guests in my friendship episode for Womankind, and in my head I've been calling this the friend episode. Is that... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
I couldn't think of anything better. Um, but you <laughs> listeners, you may remember Amy Lipman. She was a guest a few episodes ago, and I brought her back for this episode um, to talk Hello. with some of her <laughs> friends. And I'll let you guys describe um, the unique way that you met. So whoever wants to take... Well, actually, let's introduce ourselves first. So I'm, Amy is with me here. Who else do I have here? Okay, so we have Mandy in Northern California and Raheli in Southern California. Okay. And then we are here in Buffalo. We are here in cold <laughs> Buffalo. So you guys tell us and whoever wants to take it. Who wants how, to start? How did you guys meet? I can start. Okay, uh, go yeah, for it. <laughs> um, we all kind of met at like different times. Um, I met Amy through Instagram, through another friend, Sammy, who also had the same type of cancer as me. And then we all kind of connected into a little group. We actually call ourselves My Little Limb Ponies. Um, and we, we all met through my, uh, a friend who relapsed and we all just got really, really, really close, but it's all thanks to social media, I would say. Definitely. Thanks to social media. I mean, Mandy, I can remember Mandy being, like, one of the first people to comment on my very first Instagram post about me going, my first chemo, and she's, I just remember her being super supportive, and she's like, if you need anything, reach out, and it took me a couple years, but we eventually got there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, at that time, did you guys know each other, or was it kind of, like, random, like, commenting um in 2014 when I got when I first went through chemo we didn't know each other okay um she had what you had were what two years out at that point uh that was April of 14 May 14 12 was when I was diagnosed so yeah two years yeah so yeah Mandy had already been two years out and she was just super supportive and that's how like the Instagram community was it was always super supportive and we kind of cheered each other on and so, I mean, I've known Mandy almost five years now. We just were not super close until maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And same with Raheli. Yeah. I met Raheli through, like she said, our other friend, Sammy. And I think I met her in 2015 or 16. So I was already done, but she was going through chemo at that point. And so what led you guys to even look at that hashtag? What Put you in that spot to like find people through that yeah I don't know because I mean I didn't necessarily initially even like look at the hashtag it was like Mandy who found me and other people found me and then I would look for other like I found other people like you click on other people right. and you see people who comment and who have said oh I've been through this this and this right um yeah because yeah, I ever really I mean going through mine I never really did the hashtag thing I mean I'm not a super big hashtagger in the first place but I think it was probably closer to my two-year mark I think is when I must have had because I do photo shoots every year so I think I must have hashtagged it and then I don't know I mean I must have clicked on it and she's you know someone that's just starting it um and like she said it's kind of the whole community it's like once you see somebody that you can relate to, you just have that urge to want to reach out to them and say, "Hey, I'm here. You know, I've been through it. You're gonna make it. It's it's a tough battle, but you'll you'll get there." These girls are godsends. <laughs> Absolutely. I wish I would have had you guys when I went. Seriously, I do too. I, yeah. 
So let's talk about that a little bit. How did that the friendships that you guys have with each other? I mean, it seems like it served like a different function for each person because it was kind of like a different time in like the cancer journey for each person. So um, why don't each of you say a little bit about how these friendships functioned for you in that time or if you had them during that time? I mean, for me, I was already finished by the time I had really, like, I was done by the time I met all these girls. But I think it's, everything is so much harder after you're done. Like, the side effects that keep coming, the hair loss, the hormone issues, the thyroid issues, which I know some of us share. Um, Just to, like, be able to talk to them and relate to them and, like, literally talk about anything with them and they they get it um, was was my saving grace. Like I can let them know I'm feeling crazy and they're like, no, you're fine. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I think it was cool because each of us, like you said, Kelsey, we were all in a different time. We had already, some of us had been a few years past. Some of us had been a year or one was six months, one was starting. So it was nice for the ones that were starting to be able to go trickle down the line and say, Hey, what am I going to experience? And us that have been through it, we're able to be there for them. Um, I think I'm the farthest one out. So for yeah. me, I just, it was nice to for every step for everybody to say, you're going to make it to these steps. You're going to get there. Um, so for me, that was what, you know, obviously I didn't have them going through my treatments, but um, it's good to, to be there for them through what they have to fight through. Hi, Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, I think for me, it's it probably two, twofold. I think, because um, I think I'm one of the, well, I'm not the newest anymore because there have been relapses in our group, but um, overall, I think I finished about two years after Amy finished. Um, and Amy and I had the same kind of lung issues. So I actually, that's my original contact with Amy was the fact that we both had like steroid faces. I forgot and, about that. <laughs> Yeah, so I I inquired to you about how you were handling your prednisone um, consumption. And then the second fold for me, I think, is the life after cancer and how friendships, like, to have those people that truly understand what it, it was that we just went through and kind of to have that group of, like, it's like a safe haven almost. Um, where we just like had this instant connection, like where we didn't even have to say anything, but we knew how we were all feeling post treatment and going back into that normalcy of like creating your new normal and life after cancer. So that's really where, I mean, I value these women no matter what for everything, but like that's where I find it the most in regards to my treatment and my cancer journey. Interesting. And so now, like, you guys are in all different cities, right? Like, mm-hmm. everyone in this Correct. friend group is in a different city. Yes. Um, how, do yes. You, how do you deal with that? How do you bridge that gap being so far away? I mean, we all uh, talk individually. We, I mean, I fly out to California every couple of months now, it seems. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just go see them. We, we need to have it a It seems like there's always some sort of definitely need will happen soon because our original the first time we like all met at once together um it was kind of like a girls weekend for our friend ashley um before she was going to her stem cell transplant and then like i got married so i had a bachelor party where some of the women came and then my wedding everybody came to 
Um, and then here and there we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So can you describe for me, like those times that you were together, what was that like? Literally magical. (laughs) It's it's, yeah. It was like super magical forever. Yeah. Known each other forever. Like there wasn't a, we didn't miss a beat. Like, and, and that's crazy because we are, you know, I mean, Amy and I are 34. Raheli's a bit younger than us, but it's, it's, we haven't known each other our whole lives, but when we were together, it was like we knew everything about each other because we had talked every day. Right. That's awesome. Those are the best friendships where you can come together after any amount of time and it's like you didn't miss a thing. I had surgery a couple years ago yeah. and I remember coming out of surgery and we all had a group chat going <laughs> and I had like 398 <laughs> messages between the like five of us. It was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, remember when I'd be at basketball practice and I would like, wouldn't be able to talk to them for just an hour and a half and there would be like 200 messages. Like, what were you guys talking about for an hour and a half? What did I miss? I think nothing's super important either. We're just chatting. No. <laughs> that catching up is hard because you want to comment on everything. I know, you know, like heart, heart, right. star, thumbs yeah. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see. <laughs> So what would you guys say to people who make assumptions about female friendship and say, like, well, friends with all women, that must be so dramatic. Like, women are catty and backstabbers. What would you say to someone who said something like that to any of you? True. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, friendship with all women can still be dramatic. I wouldn't say that, like, in our friend group, there's any, like, backstabbing or cattiness or anything like that. Um, but it can also be like super loving and understanding and it's really good to have, have that source of like, I guess, estrogen, um, (laughs) to just just be there for each other, uh, when you need a break from like, like we all, we all have our families or our friends and everything like that, but to have that safe haven of, of women that have gone through the same thing that you have. So, so I don't know. I, the cattiness and stuff, I guess, doesn't like live in our world at the moment. And if it did, like those people are not in our group anymore, <laughs> I would say, yeah, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I wasn't agree. supposed to be like a gotcha question. Like that was supposed <laughs> to be like, I was reading this book recently. It's called text me when you get home. And it's a book by Kayleen Schaefer. That's about female friendship and how women, when they get home from like being out together, say like, text me when you. you get home. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in the book, she has like a whole chapter talking about like the assumptions about female friendship and how people assume that they're backstabbing and catty and how that's actually not true. And it's just like something we see on TV kind of like perpetuated over and over and something we see in media perpetuated over and over. Um, but there was a study done that showed like meanness in men versus meanness in women and it was equal (laughs) like women are not more mean than men it's just (laughs) I think that for us because given what we've all gone through that we don't want to even like give that like the time right we just kind of like all right this is what it is and move on Mm -hmm. and none of us none of us want to live in that space right so we just don't let it happen right and I think most women live in that space, but there's yeah. an assumption that they don't. That we don't, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, like, also... Rude. Um, sorry, it's like 
going really slow and then I can't hear everything. But that study is really interesting because it also probably falls into like women expressing their emotions in a different way than men. So like we hear about that more, even though it's not happening more. And that's why women are happy. Mm -hmm. So that like brings up another question. Like how are these friendships different from other relationships in your life? Like significant others or friendships that you have with people that haven't been through a similar experience? I mean, for me, I honestly forget that I know any of these girls because I have cancer at this point in my life. They're just my best friends. And I mean, I don't have to talk to them every day, but as soon as I do, it's like we didn't skip a beat. Um, But yeah, I I probably love them a little more, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, I I agree. There was a pause there. Um, I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, at this point now, I don't even, I don't even think of it as that. I don't look back on that's how I know them. That's how I, you know, my relationship with them now. It's just, they're my friends and I reach out to them for times that I, you know, I need a pick me up or uh, just, I need, I need to help me laugh or tell me I'm not crazy or, and they're the ones that I go to. So, I mean, their relationships that my friendships with them are probably, yeah, stronger just because I know that they can relate to me too, just in not only our background, but in life now, just because we've been so close with our messages and everything. Um, yeah, like Amy said, I think probably love them a little bit. I think my love for them is definitely a little bit deeper. I agree with all of that. (laughs) I think that, yeah, like I forget that that's how we met, but I also feel like an extra connection to every one of them, um, probably because of what we've all been through and like how deep, how deep it goes, you know? Um, But by any means, like that's not the only reason we're friends. Like cancer got us together, but like we stayed together because of our connections and, our true friendship. Oh, I love this. This is, I should do this like for every episode. This is so fun. (laughs) I love hearing this. Uh, Let me see. So do you guys have a favorite memory of your group together? (laughs) I do. Can I say it? Yeah. What's your favorite memory? Oh my God. When we had that guy come for the wine tasting at Ashley's house. (laughs) Oh, and it was like, my goodness. it was just a few hours after we had all been together for the first time and we could not keep quiet. And we were like barely paying attention to him describing these wines. And this guy literally just backed up his stuff and he walked. What? He laughed? Yeah, so <laughs> Ashley's husband hired this guy to do to do like a wine tasting in their house. And none of us could have cared less. We were so excited to be in Because that was the first time we'd ever been in a room together. And he literally at one point just was like, all right, I'm done. And packed his stuff. And we're like, oh, all right, see ya. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. I forgot about all of that. Oh man, that's funny. I mean, I think my, one of my favorite what memories is Raheli's wedding because like we were so dressed up and pretty and I mean, we were just it was such a special occasion to be a part of that because we were bridesmaids mm-hmm. for her. Um yeah. I think that's one of like getting ready that day, like all of it. That whole day is just really special that's for me. Funny. I agree. I just felt like I couldn't say that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> totally can say that one. like that one. That's a good one. What about you, Mandy? 
What about me? Well, I'm trying to think. I mean, honestly, I think one of the probably when we were posing with those darn unicorn balloons. Oh yeah. I do yeah. imagine. And then I lost mine. That many girls walking around at our age with big giant unicorn balloons. I mean, and then just Amy's floating away into Neverland. <laughs> yeah, I lost mine. Oh no. <laughs> I've pictured it. <laughs> I might need those to post on social okay. media. <laughs> <laughs> so what what do you guys call yourselves again? The- My Little Limp Ponies. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It was all because someone found a My Little Pony meme with a pony in a bed and like four of them standing around her. And the pony in the bed was Ashley and then the rest of us, we were all one of the pony characters. Yeah, oh, yeah, you showed that to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty, pretty funny. And it's like limb ponies because lymphoma. <laughs> I got that, but that probably does need to be explained. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think we said what kind of cancer we had or anything. <laughs> no, I don't think we did either. Yeah, no, we had Hodgkin's lymphoma, the good cancer, the good cancer. <laughs> is that really what people say about it? Oh yeah, all the time. Why? Yeah, it's but supposed to be pretty girl cancer. Yeah, we call it the pretty girl cancer. Like, literally, <laughs> like look up the hashtag. Yeah, it's the pretty girl cancer. Um, <laughs> I, I remember getting diagnosed, and people were like, "Oh, that's the good cancer. You'll be fine." I'm like, "But I'm still going through yeah. twelve rounds of oh my gosh, right? It's like I'm still gonna lose my hair. I'm still going through all of this. How is that good again? No, it, yeah, no." I've also heard thyroid cancer is the good cancer, too. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know how any cancer could be the good cancer. Good? I don't. I mean, just because your prognosis is, a, like, a little bit better, but that doesn't mean you're still not going through it and have to fight and... Right. You know? I mean, I don't see how it's good, but... That's a podcast episode for you. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm learning a lot here. Write that one down. I'll have to have you guys on again. <laughs> um let's see if something does happen like you guys mentioned you know like someone in the group has had a relapse um or you know just you know normal life challenges that happen what do you do for each other um I mean all of them like walked me through my my last relationship and my breakup every single one of them so I mean these girls are my family like, I don't think of them any other way. Um, I mean, I think when any of us are going through anything, like, it's, we just kind of rally. Like, when someone else yeah. relapsed, we were all there. We were all supportive. Um, like, I don't know what I would do without them at this point in my life. Like, these are lifelong friendships. Like, I'm going to know these girls until the mm-hmm. day I die. Um, are there any plans for a golden girl house? Because I feel like I see that in my future. I don't know if you guys see that we in your future. We used to talk about having like, like what, what a, compound. a compound. A compound. <laughs> Thank you. A compound. Maybe has got some land. We're just going to all like put up little houses around her house. Yeah. Just have tiny homes. Here tiny homes. Everybody. I love that. Once they build a Trader Joe's, I'll, I'm there. <laughs> to get one in Ukiah, which is going to be so nice. Ukiah's <laughs> two and a half hours no, no. away. Hopefully we have a, like a reunion soon. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. Please. 
So are there any other aspects of your friendship that you guys want to share? Anything that we didn't touch on? I think we really touched everything in regards to our friendship. I don't know. Just the fact that we need a reunion. So Kelsey, if you want to get on us to uh, plan that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love planning trips. I can plan one for you guys. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, I've seen all of them, I've seen all of these girls at least once in the last year now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll see Mandy in a couple weeks, I'll see Rachelle in a couple months, so maybe yeah. by the end of the summer, all oh of us God. can get together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there are three of us in Southern California. Yes, oh, okay. There are. Well, two but of my best friends live in Southern time. California, so let's all go. <laughs> Yeah, let's, let's plan a big trip. Yeah. Mandy, you want to fly down? I want to go to Hawaii. Oh, um, even yeah. better. <laughs> I want to go to like, Hawaii than SoCal. No offense. All right. Well, Mexico, I don't think I'd rather go to Hawaii than SoCal, too. <laughs> I can't do the traffic. <laughs> uh, so I have another weird science-y example that I just want to tell you guys about, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, so also in that book, it talked about how, you know, Everything that has been tested for anything having to do with disease has been tested on men and for men. Really? And, like, this – in this book, it said that this happened until, like, the 90s. So even for things like depression, it was, like, depression presents itself this way in men. So it must be the same for women. So, like, doses of things will be the same for women, too, which, of course, is not great. Um, but they finally started testing things for women, like, in the 90s. And they did this test on, like, the flight or fight response. And so they did mm-hmm. it on rats. And the male rats had, like, the fight or flight response when they were in a stressful situation. Um, but the female rats did something called what they called, like, tend and defend. So when they felt stressed, they all climbed into the same little bin and then groomed each other. Which I think is, like, really weird, but I think that, like, really speaks about female friendship in a, like, pretty unique way that I think is very true. Wow. Interesting. That is amazing. Mandy has braided my hair a few times. Yeah. What did you say? I said Mandy's braided my hair a few times. I have. have, I've braided Amy's hair before, too. So, (laughs) mama rat. Mama rat. (laughs) What's actually interesting about that is, like, when I get stressed, I am fight or Mm -hmm. flight. Oh, really? I really am. Um, And I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But, like, these girls know that I'm not fine. And Mm -hmm. that's when they're like, they would text me. They're like, what's going on? How are you? Please talk to me. Mm -hmm. And I like to shut myself off. But, like, lucky for me that I have friends that you know check force their way force their way in like little rats that's important little rats coming in all right so my last question I'm asking all my guests on this episode this what is your favorite example of female friendship in pop culture so like a duo or like a group from a show movie book whatever oh wow yeah. Wow. Sorry, that's a tough uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a moment. Um, <laughs> oh, I stumped you, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we. I mean, it could be as simple as Sex in the City. It can be like. 
Oh, anything. Monica and Rachel from Friends. Great oh one. God. That's a great one. Favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I have no idea. <laughs> or I'm like a I'm like a total like Harry Potter nerd. Or have you ever heard of the show Charmed? Yeah. Oh my God. Yes! Charmed. That's a yeah, good one. Charmed. That's totally right Charmed. There. I forgot yeah. all about that. Are you guys watching Look. the reboot? The there's a new one on. No, I can't do it. I can't mm-hmm. do it. No, I, don't I don't blame you. Need Paige, True, and what was the other one? With a show like that, you cannot reboot it. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Not without the characters. I have yet to watch it. I'm on strike. <laughs> I'm going to make you watch in a couple weeks. Huh? I'm going to make you watch in a couple weeks. We're going to sit and lay oh. in your bed. I, oh, well, we can watch the actual charm. Don't okay. worry. I have to <laughs> Just gotta draw the line somewhere. Yeah, no, I'm going. I'm going with charm. That's that. That's uh-huh. I'm in. That's totally. There's yeah. there's sisters too, right? Yeah, they're all okay. sisters. Yeah. Cool. They're sister witches. Sister love witches, it. which I mean, I'm down with. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, I love charm too. Oh, hey, okay. We have the next generation the next chiming generation in here. Chime in. Absolutely. <laughs> the next little pony. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies, thank you so much for being here. This is very inspirational and just awesome. So thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate for having us and for sharing our story. Yes. Happy to do it. So this is part of Womankind's special friend episode, <laughs> friendship <laughs> episode. Um, and so thanks. Thanks, girls. Thank you. Men and women can't be friends, because no man can be friends with a woman that he finds attractive. He always wants to have sex with her. So you're saying that a man can be friends with a woman he finds unattractive? No, you pretty much want to nail him, too. My last segment for the friendship episode is going to go in a little bit of a different direction. In this segment, I interview and have a conversation with my friend Kate Connolly, who has been a guest on a previous episode. Um, Kate and I talk a little bit about what like what friendships are like between men and women um, and some of the expectations that are there. Um, and we also talk about the time period that we grew up in, which we believe, both believe had quite an impact on our views of male-female friendship. So here's our conversation. All right. So here I am in my third and final segment of My Womankind friendship episode, which is a tribute to female friendship. In this segment, we're going to switch gears just a little bit. Um, And I was thinking about this and thinking about how this segment fits in with the rest, because we are going to talk about male-female friendship. And I do think part of being a member of womankind is also understanding how women are positioned in relation to men. Um, So that's kind of where I'm coming from with this segment today. So I started with that clip from When Harry Met Sally um, because, I mean, I think that movie is kind of like an ultimate tribute in a way to male-female friendship. And, you know, the major question there is, can men and women be friends? And of course, the answer is yes. No matter what, there someone somewhere has an example of this that is a good example. Um, but I do think that it's complicated. And so I brought one of my earlier guests back to talk about this with me on today's show. So I'm here with Kate Connolly. Hi, how's it going? You may remember Kate from episode, I think it was episode like five or six. Yeah, it was early on. It was pretty early. So she's back with us. 
us, meaning me. Um, <laughs> happy to have her. Um, so, Kate. Yes. Now, do you think that men and women can be friends? Absolutely. Okay. It is just like any friendship, a little more complicated, you know. It has its quirks. But yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you think... So this is a question I tried to ask before that we don't really have a good example of. Are there any good examples of, like, a truly platonic male-female friendship that you can think of? Truly platonic? I think that's... I mean, honestly, I think it's really complicated. I think, oh, maybe since Game of Thrones is on tonight, we have Brienne of Tarth and Jamie Lannister, who are very good friends, but I think the reason why they're such good friends and is because they have a common set of values and a common interest and goal in mind. Mm-hmm. I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I don't know what you're talking about, but I trust you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do believe that male and female friendship is really beneficial in a lot of ways, and um, but it has to be taken with more consideration than I think female to female friendship is and there are different obstacles Mm -hmm. uh you know there's obviously like a biological bias there Mm -hmm. you know i think that having a common goal in mind whether it's work or something similar to that helps to overcome that Mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's a little bit more complicated in a lot of ways and I mean, definitely in my experience, um, being friends with men was always seen through, like, a context of, like, heteronormativity, and so no matter the situation, I feel like there was always some kind of, like, pressure of, like, attraction. The examples that we have in the world are not... um, they're promoting more of, like, a romantic relationship than a platonic relationship between men and women. Yeah, because, let's be real, that's usually what happens. Right. Um, but I I think any lasting friendship can overcome that mm-hmm. just with some reason and, you know, just common, common values. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's really possible to be friends with somebody of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just feel kind of, like, set up to, like... Like, men and women are basically, like, taught to sexualize each other. Like, even from, like, a young age. Like, you know, people say to, like, toddlers, like, oh, my gosh, is that your girlfriend? And it starts from the time, like, before we can even talk that that is, like, imposed on us. Yeah, and looking back, it almost seems evil. Like, it's it's systematic. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, and um, we, we both read... Uh, female chauvinist pigs. I knew we were going to talk about that today. I really <laughs> wanted to talk about that today and how um, how industry kind of mm-hmm. confuses friendship with objectivity of one another at, in order to sell products. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is kind of like what our parents possibly bought into when they were raising us, and that's what we bought into growing up. So in a lot of ways, I think that that um, has affected our friendships. Mm -hmm. I would definitely agree with that. So I think that I've talked about this on previous episodes. Um, So the book that Kate's talking about is Female Chauvinist Pigs by Arielle Levy, which I think was published in 2005. Um, And so the time that she was doing the study was basically around the time 
like the, this came out at the end of my high school experience and Kate as well. And I think that the 2000s were like a pretty unique time and Ariel Levy talks about this. It was like a perfect storm of a lot of things um, regarding gender. And like it was a time of like Girls Gone Wild when that was popular. It was when um, reality TV was first taking off. And so we had some examples in there like the what was the show with like the Playboy bunnies? Oh, it was like they, lo- they all lived in the mansion and they were recording them in the mansion. I don't remember the name. I don't remember. But, like, (laughs) these were some of, like, the media examples that we had when we were teenagers, and they were things that were presented to us as, like, cool or, like, the way to be. Um, And I think that that had a pretty great impact on the way that people our age relate to the opposite sex. Absolutely. I really feel like Ariel Levy hit the nail on the head when she talked about how during the Bush administration, we weren't really taught about our sexuality in school at all. Maybe I was more just because I went to public school. Right. But um, we learned about our sexuality through Girls Gone Wild <laughs> and, like, just product, every product that you can think of being marketed by a porn star, and we thought that that was the way to be. And if we didn't like it, we were told that we were prudish. And, right. And, like, anti-feminist. Yeah. And it really, like, everybody did a great, like, this, every industry imaginable did a great job of confusing um, compliance with our own objectivity, with feminism, and with, and I think that translated into our personal lives and our friendships in ways that we are only really realizing right now. Mm -hmm. And we let our guy friends treat us in ways that, now we would think, oh my, my goodness, like, I would never let somebody treat me that way now. And, you know, we thought that this was just like palling around or like, Mm -hmm. you know, friendly banter when they would make jokes about women, like as sex objects and things like that. And really, you know, this was just kind of the way that we were taught to behave. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, it was something that at the time, you know, as a 14 year old, I was not aware of like, the cultural and social and like political dynamics that were intersecting to turn me into the person I was going to be. How could I know at that age? And so now looking back at it, I'm like, wow, all of these factors really came together to create a really unique time period because I don't think that those same like values are imposed on people of the same age now. I don't think that the nineties had much of that going on as much Um, I think it was just, like, a really unique time that, unfortunately, we came of age in. (laughs) But it's a good thing that we're realizing this now. And you see, like, this younger generation that's so aware of their sexuality and, like, almost, like, kind of jumping the gun and, like, kind of identifying themselves in different ways. And (laughs) it's, um, and they don't even really, like, know how to identify because they're, you know, 13 and 14. Right. They're so young and... Um, There's definitely a culture right now of, like, claiming your label. Yes. um, Which I don't even remember. And this might be unique to my experience, but I don't remember really having the language for that at that young age. No. I have only heard of some of these terms, like, within the past five years Mm -hmm. uh, that kids are using now to, like, to claim themselves and to label themselves. Um, 
But it's kind of, like, interesting how far the pendulum has swung mm-hmm. the opposite way, because when we were kids, we really thought that um, being sexy was looking like Jenna Jameson and... I mean, I can't even tell you. Oh my God, please do not ever bring back low rise jeans. Can we have. They're coming back. No. (laughs) Well, I'm just thinking of how many, like when I was a freshman in high school, um, there was kind of like, we didn't have YouTube or anything to like learn how to do like hair and makeup, which is something that kids have now. But I, there was a pressure to look a certain way as there always is. And so um, in my high school, it was like fashionable to go tanning, um, if you were a white person and I am like extremely white and pale and I have no business being in a tanning bed. Like I think you and I have two <laughs> melanin cells to rub together. Right. Um, but I did, I shelled out a lot of money, um, <laughs> to go tanning And I always remember they had, like, the little stickers that were Playboy bunnies that you could put the sticker on your skin so then you could have a Playboy bunny on your skin. Like, burned into your skin. Right. And I just remember so many people having that. And, like, that was a cool thing to do. It was really normal. And if you didn't like that other girls did that or, like, that guys wore Playboy hats and stuff, like, because they did too, then you were considered to be, like, very prudish. Right. And you did not want to be prudish. Right. Not in the early 2000s. And I remember, like, a culture of people talking about, like, like, guys mainly talking about, like, strip clubs and porn and, like, basically insinuating that in order to be, like, a cool girl, you had to like those things too, and have no problem with it. And now I, like, I'm not coming from a place of, like, shaming anyone who's involved with any of this because every woman has absolutely a right to make their own decisions to participate in any of this. Um, but it was just, the, it was forced on us in a way that, you know, you could absolutely not critique any aspect of it. You had to accept it and you had to be part of it in order to be cool, basically. Absolutely. And, I mean, just look at the movies that were out at the time. Mm -hmm. She's all that. And, like, you know, she... She's a perfectly okay girl starting out the movie. <laughs> she, she wears glasses that were very fashionable at the time. Let's be she's honest. She was beautiful she's like, before and after. Yeah. And she's pretty, and but she's, you know, she's a social outcast because she's not, like, wearing a spaghetti strap, like, mini dress, micro mini dress, and, like, platform shoes, <laughs> which she ends up doing at the end of the movie. So it's like kind of like an updated grease in that like she's yeah, changing to, right. she's changing to please her guy friend that, that then finds her sexually attractive mm-hmm. because she's like fitting this mold of whatever he sees on TV, probably in Girls Gone Wild. Like, <laughs> and then <laughs> like, break 1999. well, wait, in that movie, there's like the backdrop of the real world because one of the guys in the movie is like in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. God, what a time. What a time. <laughs> you know, but also Freddie Prince Jr. Like didn't have to change at all. Well, I think his like biggest struggle was like, he wanted to play football less often or something like or his dad wanted him to go to like one school and he wanted to go to a different school which was probably like Harvard or Princeton pick one well he was just so exhausted with being like a heartthrob that played football all the time <laughs> God. just 
Yeah. In real life, he does have a lovely marriage to Sarah Michelle Gellar. They've been together since the 90s. I had no idea what happened to either Mm -hmm. of them, so thanks for that. Yep, I got you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So let's dig into that, like, um, I mean, we, we may have done this already, but, like, the cool girl aspect of, like, being friends with men, um, and kind of, like, the situation where a woman would say something like, like, I'm just one of the guys, or I, like, don't really mix with women well, so I'm mostly friends with men, because I feel like that was another, um, kind of trope or role that women took on specifically in this time period. I think women definitely still say that today in some situations, but I feel like it was something that was perpetuated in this, like, the early 2000s. Well, now there is a lot of talk about gender fluidity, and then it was so... Rigid. It was so so rigid, rigid and, like, well, maybe, you know... We just, yeah, it was. Well, I mean, we, I think that, like, like you talked about, like, the, the Bush administration and, like, the aftermath of September 11th was kind of, like, a return to, like, traditional values, and part of traditional values are traditional gender roles, yeah. and it was a backlash to, you know, women, like, really on, like, a global scale, well, maybe not global, but in the United States, like, entering the workforce and kind of like claiming a space in the workforce. Like, I feel like that was like a backlash to that. Oh, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And I think girls around that time felt, you know, a lot of pressure to be a lady and like, you know, um, and like girly things, but nobody, nobody likes just things that were, you know, um, normalized as girly or like traditionally, uh, like no, 13, 14 year old wants to wear dresses all the time and like wear, you know, glossy makeup all the time. And sometimes you want to watch, um, you know, you, you, uh, want to listen to hardcore bands or you enjoy skateboarding or something like that. So it was like acceptable to hang out with a male peer group as a girl if you wanted to do those things. Right. And Um, I spent a lot of time pretending that I liked Jackass and pretending that I liked hardcore music. So (laughs) there was a that's another element to that. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I think that um, to some extent, like you kind of had to surround yourself with guys um, to for that to be acceptable Mm -hmm. as as a girl at Mm -hmm. that time to be into those particular things. Um, Yeah, to be into a lot of things, you know. you know, I mean, I, I, for one, I remember, like, soccer and, uh, like, gymnastics being, like, sports that girls really liked, and, uh, that was, like, traditionally, like, girl sports, and I really liked hockey, so I would hang out with my guy friends when I wanted to watch hockey, um, because it just wasn't catching on with girls mm-hmm. at that time, so I would, you know, surround myself with mostly guys when I wanted to watch mm-hmm. hockey, and then, like, you know... When I wanted to talk about boys and, like, uh, make my own face masks and stuff like mm-hmm. that, then I would hang out with my girlfriends, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but, I mean, I know that you lived with a bunch of guys at one point, mm-hmm. and so did I. And, like, there was a lot of pressure to uh, kind of, like, act like one of the guys. I So I was thinking about this a lot, like, coming up to this episode, Um, 
I was in like a pretty unique situation with the guys that I lived with um, for part of college because they were friends that I had had. One of them was a friend that I had had my entire life. Um, and then one, two of them were friends that I had since kindergarten. So they like really, really knew me. And like with this particular group of guys, there was no pressure to not be myself, um, which I think really helped. <laughs> I The bottom line for me in that situation was that I was like not ready to not live with my parents yet. And I was very not in a place of being mature. And so the hardest part for me, I think, was just some of the like um, natural kind of things that are like masculine traits. Like I wanted to come home and like talk about my day and they wanted to play video games. <laughs> so that was like kind of the part that I had a little bit of trouble with. Um, just kind of like being able to like express myself and have like I mean, I guess, like, I was looking for girl talk, and sometimes I would get it, but that was just, like, not the place. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I, I had, like, my own bathroom. Oh, nice. Like, my own, well, obviously my own bedroom, and then I had my own bathroom upstairs, and I remember, like, they all were, like, I had four male roommates, and they all worked together, and mm -hmm. they moved houses, and they had, like, a tar fight at work, and two of them were, like, hosing off in the downstairs bathroom, and then, like, I guess they didn't want to wait anymore because they were dirty, so, like, two of them went upstairs and used my jacuzzi tub to, like, shower off in there with gasoline because that's what? the only way that apparently you can get tar off of yourself after you have a tar fight, and they clogged my jacuzzi jets, and it, like, I was, like, just so, like, how can you not think about this? How can you not think of, like, my alone time that I need in my jacuzzi? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't talk oh. to them for, like, a month. Wow. Like, it was bad. Yeah. I would, That's... like, go to work and, like, not even look at them and, like... Jacuzzi tubs are not for that purpose. Yeah. But, you know, I thought it was, like, going to be fun, like, mm -hmm. hanging out with, like, guys that wanted to hang out and party all the time. Mm -hmm. And, like, then it comes down to the nitty-gritty and... Right. You, uh, honestly don't like hanging out all the time. Right. Yeah, I just, like, wasn't really built for that lifestyle. No. Because, no, I mean, especially guys that age are, like... Mm -hmm. They do. They just, like, want to be gross all the time and, like, play video games. Mm -hmm. And you kind of, you know, you're a little more responsible. I think it, I think women at that age are slightly mm -hmm. more responsible. Yeah, definitely. Or at least, in my case, trying to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Good times. Yeah, those were the days. Um, so, I mean, back to, like, the question of women who are, like, I just... I don't get along well with men or I don't get along well with women. Like, what do you think is like a motivation of someone saying that? And have you ever said that? I definitely said that, but it wasn't true. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I always had like just as many girlfriends as I had guy friends. Uh, but I, I would say that because I felt like I could kind of maybe like let my guard down a little more around my guy friends and just kind of be gross. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas my girlfriend, I feel like that there was like more of an expectation to kind of like keep yourself together a little bit. Interesting. Um, to present yourself in a certain way. Whereas the guys were just like, kind of like, they didn't really care a whole lot about how they present. Well, at least the guy friends that I had, like they didn't really care so much about how they presented themselves. And like, it was kind of like an everything goes mm -hmm. sort of atmosphere. 
But did they care? But was there just like less pressure on them or? If that's probably it. Okay. It's the attachment to the attachment to people such as they being men that mm-hmm. um, felt less societal pressure to mm-hmm. go tanning and do their hair and makeup. The tanning and, just kills me. <laughs> yeah, I know. What is up with the tanning? Especially in New Jersey. Everybody's tanning. I grew up in New Jersey, so it was, you know, everybody's Italian and tans all the time. So, um, <laughs> but <laughs> getting your highlights done, getting your nails done, you know, it, there was like no societal pressure for them. So maybe I felt that like attaching myself to them meant that I was not held to the mm-hmm. same standards that mm-hmm. other girls were. So you were, here's another phrase, not like other girls. Not like other <laughs> girls. Yeah, maybe. I, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Does, what do you think of that? Does like, every, because I definitely, so the two things that we just talked about, I've definitely said in my head, like at, there was a time in my life, in my teens, when I was like, yeah, I'm like, one of the guys and I get along with guys much better than girls, which was literally never true. It was just not true at all. I always had a group of girlfriends. I always had a group of girlfriends that I saw consistently and I don't know why. I think it was something that I picked up from like the media that I was consuming that I, in order to be cool, I was supposed to be someone who was like one of the guys. And I definitely like, even up until my early twenties tried to like, in a way, like, separate myself from other girls, especially when, like, dating and be, like, I'm not, like, other girls. Like, I'm not crazy. I'm not whatever. And none of the girls that I knew were, like, like that at all. No. And so why did I want... Because now I want to be, like, all of my girlfriends because they're all so, like, thoughtful and wise and incredible and I would like to take on the traits that they have. And at the time, that was also true. So why did I have this idea in my head that I needed to be different in order to get, I mean, I the bottom line is male approval. That's the bottom yeah. line, isn't it? Unfortunately, my conversation with Kate got cut a little bit short due to technical difficulties, um, but we're only missing about a few minutes of the conversation, so you didn't miss that much. So this brings us to the end of my episode about friendship, and I hope you have a good idea, if you didn't, about what female friendship is like and what female friendship can be. Um, A couple of the things that I read as a backdrop for this episode or that were mentioned in the episode are the books Text Me When You Get Home by Kayleen Schaefer, which I highly recommend, Female Chauvinist Pigs by Arielle Levy, and Women in Power by Mary Beard. Um, So do definitely check those out if you're interested in some of the things that we talked about. Um, Kayleen Schaefer's book is really interesting. She talks a lot about how she came to the realization of how important female friendships are in her life. And she shares a lot of personal stories, but also gives a lot of history, which I think is really interesting. And I talk about that through some of the segments that you've just heard. Now, I read an article recently from the New York Times, I think from 2017, called You Share Everything with Your Bestie, Even Brainwaves by Natalie Angier. And this article was also really interesting because it talks about how people who are friends have similar brainwaves and their reactions to things, particularly with videos viewed online, which was what, what was used in the study. Um, but the conclusion of the article was that, you know, not having friends and not having closeness and connection um, can be poisonous, is the word that they use, even deadly. Um, being social is what can save our lives in a lot of ways. So, 
having friends is so important and females having friends is so important as well. And so I want to close with two things. First, I'd like to talk about an article that I read in The Cut. And this article talks about four women in Canada who have decided to be buried together. And they are in under a tombstone that has the word friends on the tombstone. And I think this just goes to show that these women, they had families, they had children, um, but they had went gone through a very difficult time in their lives together. And they had a closeness that nobody really questions. And to be buried at that stage in your life after being friends for your whole lives um, is a pretty incredible thing. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who was a part of this episode, all of my guests. This has meant so much to me and the women in this episode have meant so much to me and it's just really incredible to be at 50 episodes and to be able to do something like this. So thank you to my listeners who have helped me get to 50 episodes. So I just want to close with a quote from Kayleen Schaefer's book and it just kind of sums everything up. It says, in going back and thinking about my friendships and hearing about other women's, I see this. Our friends are not our second choices. They are our dates for Friday nights and for ex-boyfriends weddings. They are visitors to our hometowns and hospital rooms. They are the first people we tell about any news, whether it's good, terrible, or mundane. They are our plus ones at office parties. They are the people we're raising children with. They are advocates who, no matter what, make us feel like we won't fail. They are the people who will struggle with us and who will stay with us. They are who we text when we get home. Thanks for listening. Bye, friends.